Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello. Good, how are you? I'm hanging in there. My allergies are uh, <laughs> kicking my butt today, so, but we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing something super fun and exciting. Um, we are interviewing one of our favorite authors. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, um, I'm Jasmine Guillory. Um... Awesome. So we asked all of our guests a, ser- a series of questions before we get started, and we'll go with those first. So what is your favorite series of all time? Oh my goodness. My favorite series of all time. <sighs> I, I I have to go back to childhood for that one. Um, it would probably have to be the Anne of Green Gables series. Yeah. That's a great choice. Great choice. Yeah. <laughs> and then follow up to that. What is your favorite standalone? I know this one's a little harder. Oh, that one is very hard. <sighs> Let's see. I have, I really love a lot of Madeline Langle's books. She was... Some of hers are probably a runner up in the series, but I probably wouldn't have been able to pick one. So my answer to this question will change day by day. But for today, I would say it might have to be House House Like a Lotus. Yes, by Madeline Lingle. Yeah. I will have a different answer tomorrow because I have so many favorites, but that is definitely. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. All right. And then the next question is, who's your ultimate book boyfriend? Yeah. I know that one's a really hard one. <laughs> I mean, the problem is my ultimate book boyfriend has got to be one one of the boyfriends from one of my books. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's how it works. And <laughs> I like I love them all very much, but it's always like the most recent one that I, you know, that I'm still attached to. So I would have to say Luke from Drunk on Love. That's great fair. choice. Great choice. <laughs> great choice. <laughs> And then the last question is, who is your ultimate book girlfriend? Oh, um, I mean, okay, I can't do the same thing. Like, I can't pick <laughs> Margot from Trek on Love. Um, so I might have to throw back to the very beginning and pick Alexa from The Wedding Date. Also, I love great that. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely one of my favorites in that series, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Those are all great choices. Um, <laughs> I love it. So in all of your books, there seems to be like a common theme where all of your characters love to enjoy the occasional beverage. So <laughs> our first question is, what is your go-to beverage? Oh, okay. So that depends on the time of day and the time of year, I'm going to say. So like in the morning, uh, coffee, obviously. Then for <laughs> for most of the day, you will find me drinking sparkling water usually either grapefruit LaCroix or my current favorite guava which that's my new favorite flavor in the evenings if I'm like out with a friend if I'm drinking wine it's probably if it's warm outside maybe a something sparkling or rosé um but if it's like in the you know cooler months maybe a nice pinot noir or, or just a gin and tonic. That's a, that's a go-to cocktail. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, that was many answers. No, that's amazing. <laughs> Those are all really fine. <laughs> I felt like I was reading the proposal just like all over again. <laughs> I love that. That's um, awesome. So without giving too much away, can you tell us what Drunk on Love is about? Yeah. Um, so Drunk on Love is about uh, Margot and Luke. Margot owns a small family winery in Napa Valley with her brother, Elliot. She's just come back from a business trip. She's got getting a drink and dinner at her best friend's bar. A very cute man is sitting next to her. She chats with him. They have a nice time talking for hours. They go home together and have a lovely one night stand or so Margot thinks um, until she gets to work the next day and discovers that Luke is the newest employee at her winery who her brother hired when she was out of town. And so now she has to deal with having to be Luke's boss while they have this one night stand history between them. And Luke has to deal with Margot as his boss when he definitely wants something more from her. And so uh, the rest of the book is how they deal with that. I love that. I, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I like the setting of like the winery. And as soon as I read the description, I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm like a winery in Napa. Okay. Uh, I love that. So do you have a book tour scheduled for this or any, you know, like virtual events or anything like that? I do. Um, so I will be in uh, California at the beginning. I'm going to be in Oakland and then Los Angeles. And then I'm going to New York. Boston and DC, and then Chicago and Atlanta. The DC event will be live streamed too. So people can watch that from wherever. And I'm going to Chicago and Atlanta and Toronto, which I'm super excited about. And then my last event will be in Napa Valley. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. We love that. <laughs> um, so, and these can all be found on your website, correct? Yes, and- they can all be found okay. on my website. And my Instagram, the pinned post is my tour. So people can go find that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Where do you find your ideas and and inspiration for writing all of your diverse characters? I absolutely love it. You know, they, they come from everywhere. Sometimes it's a conversation with a friend. Sometimes it's something that I overhear. That's actually one thing that I really missed during the height of the pandemic when you know, sort of we were all inside is like not being able to eavesdrop on people <laughs> and not being able to like get those like, because sometimes it's just like a one sentence, maybe even a little out of context that gives me an idea for a, a storyline or a character or something, you know? And so often things start with like one little germ of an idea. And then I just kind of keep spinning it out and asking myself questions like, well, why would that happen or why would they do that? And and that's kind of how things develop. So um, it often usually starts with a sort of structure, you know, a little bit of structure, but not a lot. And then I kind of keep thinking about it and asking questions and mulling it over in my head and, until I have a, enough of a story to start writing. That is awesome. Yeah. I always love to know how people get the ideas for like, for like different careers and things like that. You're like, how do you have all these in your head and do so well with like knowing the structure of the job? So yeah. that's really good to know. I, I definitely had to do a lot of research to know some of the yeah. structure of the job. Okay. Perfect. I absolutely love how all of the women that you write are like career women. I feel like a lot of times when you read romance novels and there tends to be 
usually if it's a man and a woman and the woman has a high power career, they tend to be the ones that sacrifice their career in the end, right? It's usually how it works. And I love that that's not the case, right? And it's like everyone, you know, is still these high powered career women and they love it and they, you know, they're unapologetic about it. And I absolutely, absolutely love that. Oh, well, thank you so much. So my next question is what was your favorite part about writing Drunk on Love and kind of veering out from, you know, the series and that kind of thing? You know, I just, I really had a lot of fun writing this book. I think I just like explored a lot. You know, I wrote it during the pandemic. I got to kind of do some of the stuff that I didn't, wasn't getting to do in real life. And so, you know, go out to restaurants and hang out with friends and like throw parties and like things like that. But I did really love both Luke and Marco a lot. I had, I thought a lot about their characters and kind of why the two of them would come together. And so I had a lot of fun there, but it's, and especially their kind of each of their like friendships and families. I had a lot of fun with kind of their figuring out who their friends would be, what, what their relationships to their families would be. And so a lot of that was, was, uh, was really fun. Yeah. I feel like you can, you can start to tell like everybody's pandemic books are coming out (laughs) and I feel like there's so much love and, and like diversity and there's so much like in the character development, I guess, essentially, because I feel like everybody had all this time to like really dig deep and like build those relationships and things. And like, these are the best books that a lot of you guys have come out with has been like the (laughs) pandemic books. And you're like, you can tell like what everybody missed during the pandemic by like what's in these books. So yeah, yeah, I love that. That's really cool. (laughs) Yes. You can definitely tell what I missed during the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Restaurants. Like love that. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. It's awesome. So what inspired you to become a romance author specifically? I think like I was reading a ton of romance. I was going through a really hard time in my life and I realized that romance is the the perfect genre for that because no matter what happens in the book, you know that you're going to have a happy ending. And there are times when like, I feel like I really needed that. And, you know, and that's not to say, I think people think of like, oh, romance, it's so predictable. You know what's going to happen. It's always just happy things. And like, no, there's lots of, you can go through lots of real life emotions and struggles in a romance novel, but having that happy ending means that you can like go through all of that and kind of not be scared about what's going to happen in the end. And that's exactly what I needed. And I feel like, and, and so when I was reading it, I like, I, I just had so much fun in there and I was like, this seems really fun to write. And so I started writing the wedding date and I just like had the best time. You know, I couldn't stop thinking about the characters. I couldn't stop thinking about the story. And I think, you know, especially in recent years, I think a lot of people have realized, oh yes, I need romance novels. These are, these are exactly what I need in hard times. And so I, I think I've never stopped really having that much fun writing them. I think, yeah. And I mean, romance novels, I mean, for me specifically, there's so many different stories that you can tell, right? Like even if it's the same quote unquote, you know, structure, there's so many different stories that can be told and different conversations that can be had, right? You know, the conversations in the wedding date are very different from the conversations that are had in Drunk on Love, right? And so I, for me, that's, I love seeing like, you know, diversity in relationships and, you know, how that plays out and getting a different point of view, right? Because we can tend to get siloed in some of the things that we read or consume. And I feel like romance has such a broad spectrum of 
things he can cover. Right. So it's, it's great. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I think there are, there's, you know, there's so many different genres within romance, right. So many different categories. And I think people can find anything that they're looking for in it. And like at core, I mean, I think one of the things that I love about writing romance, which is not probably why I started, but, but is part of the reason why I have kept going is that like romance is about relationships and not just romantic relationships, but, but relationships with, you know, family, with friends, with coworkers and and how all of that plays into a romantic relationship. Right. And like, I feel like those are constantly varied and interesting and so much fun to think about and write, you know, I mean, even like with drunk on love, one of the core relationships is between Margot and her brother and how, you know, that like, how their story has played out over their lives and especially as they've been business partners and that like plays a big role in her relationships with her friends and with Luke and so like I find that super interesting to think about and to write and I think um I love reading that in you know stories like that in other romance novels too it's also a wonderful place to I think for people to explore their own sexuality or learn about safe sex, right? Like your, uh, your, your books are very great about very like consenting and safe sex relationships. And I love that because I think it's a, a wonderful place for people to learn too. And also, you know, if it's maybe not something they want to be public about, it's a good way to do that privately as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get different like perspectives and, and could read romance and think, oh, I didn't know that I, oh, okay, now I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, so many things I think you can discover about yourself in reading all sorts of fiction and, and especially reading romance. I totally agree. <laughs> what was the hardest scene you've ever written then after all of that? <laughs> There's been a few really hard ones that I've like sort of wrote and rewrote over and over again. Oh, okay. So with, while we were dating, I, so I remember when I was writing the first draft of that book and as I was nearing the end of the first draft, I thought, which was a terrible thought, never should have had this thought in my mind. I realized that for my, because this was my sixth book, for my first five, in my first draft, when I'd written the ending, it was like basically the same in the published book as it was in my first draft. And I was like, oh yeah, I've always sort of like gotten the ending and then written the last sentence and it's been that same last sentence, which was a terrible thing because then of course I wrote the ending of All We Were Dating and I was like, oh, well, that's terrible. (laughs) So that, and I like really struggled with that ending, I think because I'd sort of psyched myself out, but also because, but also maybe partly because the rest of the book, like, Uh, that was sort of one of the first drafts where I usually, usually my first drafts are like really sprawling. I change and delete a lot. I don't quite get the book until kind of midway through the second draft at least. But while we were dating, I kind of figured it out midway through the first draft. And so a lot of that you know, I did a lot of edits, obviously, but a lot of that first draft still stayed in. So I was feeling very confident going into that last scene. And then I was like, nope. And so then I wrote it again. And I was like, nope, still not, still not it. And then I sort of deleted everything that I had had with that last scene and wrote it again. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's okay. And so I think I did that like 
three or four times. And then I, you know, eventually turned it in my, to my editor and she, and I kept saying to people like, what about the last scene? What do you think of there? Like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. And then I didn't really figure out the last scene until like my editor sent me edits. I, you know, written a bunch. And then it was like the weekend before I was about to send the book back in. And I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> and like wrote the whole last scene basically like in an hour. And I was like, yes, okay, now I got it. But it that, that one took months. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely one of those things. If you like get in your head about something, you're like, realize something you're like, oh yeah. And then you're like, wait, no. Oh, yeah. No. but then you're like it's gonna be okay it works out right it works out in the end (laughs) but yeah definitely so with that what is your favorite scene that you've ever written oh that is hard it's also a hard question (laughs) I probably have a favorite scene from each book with drunk on love the so (laughs) I, I started writing this book well before I had planned to I had I was like finishing like two other things and I was like okay I you know I have this idea I sort of had a vague outline and I was going to start writing it like um the next you know next month but then the first scene of the book like was in my head and I couldn't get it out and I was like I just need to write this down because there were like specific lines that I just kept thinking about so I wrote the first scene and then like the next day there was another scene that was kind of midway through the book that I also couldn't stop thinking about. And so I wrote it down. And so I'm going to go with that kind of that second scene that I wrote down, which both of those scenes are pretty close in the book to, to, you know, that first draft that I wrote, which is a scene kind of a third of the way in where Luke and Margot are in her office. So I will leave it with that, but it sort of came to me and I needed to write it. And I sort of, it was one of those, often I, in writing a book, they're like, a handful of scenes that come to me before I even start writing it that I kind of set the whole book around. And so that was one of them. And um, and I still really love that scene. I'm glad it turned out as well as it did. I also really love that scene. So <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> we love a good, not going to spoil it, but <laughs> yeah, no, that was really fun. That's awesome. I love that. This episode is sponsored by Audible from Amazon. We all know I'm obsessed with audiobooks. Audible from Amazon is the perfect way to get all of my favorites in one place. Anytime I feel like I need a good cry, I listen to the Audible exclusive version of A House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. When the latest training book comes out and I don't have time to physically read it, I head to Audible. For one low monthly price, you get a select book or two of your choosing to keep forever, and you gain access to exclusive Audible members-only content. So if you've ever thought about trying audiobooks, want to be able to listen to your favorites whenever you want, or you're just obsessed with audiobooks like me, then you need to check out Audible by Amazon. Click the link in the show notes for a free trial or head over to www.audibletrial.com backslash the bookish banter podcast. So is Drunk on Love going to be part of a series, kind of like The Wedding Date, or are you going, is this going to be like a standalone? That is, the plan is for it to be part of a series, but we'll see what happens. Great, great. (laughs) We love, we love a good series. You don't have to read in order, you know? Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) So how was writing Drunk on Love different than writing The Wedding Date series? Did you kind of have like a plan to do it as a series, you know, beforehand, and then 
it sort of progressed naturally or, you know, was this another one that you weren't so sure if it was going to make its way into a series or not either? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny because like when I wrote The Wedding Date, like it, it just feels so different because that was like, that was before I had an agent. That was before I had a publishing deal. You know, I was so, I was working full time and just kind of like doing this because I loved it and I was like hopeful that maybe something could happen. And so when I wrote that, I just had no idea. Like, uh, I mean, I had vague ideas for like what other characters I might write about, but I I did not know it was going to become a series because I did not know it was ever going to be published, right? And so Drunk on Love just felt very different because I knew I was writing this like towards publication. But also I think... I can never predict what's going to happen in my books uh, like afterwards because there were certain, you know, there were certain things that I kind of thought of while writing Wedding Date, but also new characters sprang up or storylines sprang up that I would not have kind of thought about initially. So Drunk on Love felt similar in that it was, you know, it, it is a kind of brand new characters, right? And so each of my books since The Wedding Date, I had had like there was a character that I had already had an idea for and, and kind of started from that. But it was nice with Drunk on Love to be able to just sort of like go into it fresh with like, these are all new people and have that. But but a lot of the other stuff about writing it did feel very different. It is also my longest book, by the way. So <laughs> anyone who has wanted more from me, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And I'm glad that it's like the longest because I feel like the story did such a good job of like really creating the relationship between not just Sloop and Margot, but like all of the characters. And we really got like the background with her and her brother. And I never felt like I was kind of in that moment where I think a lot of romance novels, they'll like hint about the background of some character and you never really got the explanation. And I think like her, you know, the background between her and her brother and like everything that happened with them happened at such a perfect time and like really, really got a chance to develop their relationship even further and I loved that so much because I feel like it was everything I wanted in a romance novel for like things to be resolved but not in the like oh happy ending kind of way it was like we really got to like talk through and like have that conversation and and like progress from there so I loved that thank you so much it's really good do you have any advice for any aspiring authors yeah I think one of my biggest pieces of advice is just to read a lot you know to read a lot in the genre that you want to write in 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 you know a lot of variety too like read kind of the books that that are like the books that you want to write, but also read a lot of other books kind of to see what's out there, to see what people like and to see what you don't like, right? Like if there's a book you don't like, think about why you don't like it and what you don't want to have in your book like that. And, And like kind of read, like when I was kind of reading as, you know, as a kind of study more or less, Uh, like often the first read is just like to read for fun. And then I would go back and reread and like think about the books and take notes and think about what I liked and what I didn't and what really called to me. And I think that is a really important way to learn about books and writing and then like have fun with it. I mean, I think that's one of the things that is really important. Like if you want to write, do it because do it because it's fun for you. Right. I mean, it's not always going to be fun, but you this doesn't like, I think so much, so many times writers talk about like the hard things about writing and that's true. Writing is hard, but it's not, but it like, it's a joy too. And so figure out what you love about it and lean into that, you know, figure out your, your, the most fun moments that you have about writing and then find a way to 
keep that in your story. Um, because I think that's what like that joy will come out to, to the reader. That's great advice. Yeah. Love that. We, you know, we ask a lot of the authors that same question and every time it's a different answer and we love everyone's different answers and it's always just such great advice. And I'm like writing it down. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> Every time the answer is totally different, but it's like, it's such good advice. So I love that. How has the journey been for you? Like writing during the pandemic, publishing and like going through all of that. What was that like for you, especially compared to, you know, doing all of this, you know, prior to the pandemic and all those sorts of things. So how did that process kind of change for you? Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, it has been really, a lot of it has been really hard. Obviously, I think not being able to, you know, getting to talk to other writers, I've missed because talking to people like online and on the phone and stuff is one thing, but, you know, I really missed having those kind of casual interactions that you see, you know, that you can like see people at a coffee shop or at a book festival or anything. And I really missed getting to talk to readers in person, you know, having like, I really loved having online book events because I think it has really opened events up to people who don't live in major cities and all of that. But I have loved like, you know, getting to talk to readers like at book events in that signing line, having those conversations is really something that I missed so much. And so I am very excited to get back, you know, it on book tour and be able to see people. But it has really made people like, and has really made me kind of think about the important things in life and what I value. So, so that has been a, a good, one of the good things, I guess, that has come out of the pandemic, but, um, but there's been a lot, a lot of hard things too. It's crazy to think that it's, it's not necessarily over, but it's not like in the height that it was, but I think yeah. there's a lot to be said about how, you know, what it was like for you guys, because all these books that are coming out right now are your pandemic books and like the process you went through back then. So I always like to check in and see how it was for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our last question for you is what's next? I know you just had your book come out, but what's next for you? Uh, you know, I'm in the very early stages of the next book. So we will see. <laughs> I can't say anything yet because like, I, I am also when I'm er early in writing a book, I kind of don't talk about it to anybody. Even if, you know, my editor will send me emails like, so what's going on? I'm like, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Fingers crossed for something, something new and exciting coming soon ish. <laughs> That is awesome. Well, if you guys are not following her, you can follow along on Instagram and then I will link the uh, website below as well. So you guys can check out all the tour dates and all those sorts of things. If you have any questions or anything like that, everything is on your website, which is amazing. By the way, I am obsessed with your website. <laughs> thank <you. laughs> awesome. Well, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you all for joining us this week. We had a lot of fun interviewing Jasmine. Definitely go check out her books. They are amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend. Next week, we are going to be doing The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. That will be just a regular book review episode. And then after that, we will be going into October, which I'm so excited. If you guys have not checked out, definitely check out our Patreon page. It's where all of our bonus episodes are, behind the scenes, fun goodies, all that kind of stuff. So if you guys haven't checked it out, go ahead and check out there. We are officially done with the readathon this week. So the last event that we have is Bilbo's birthday happy hour. So this is the last happy hour. It is on September 22nd. So the last day of the readathon, please join. It'll be a lot of fun. The happy hours have been a lot of fun just chatting and um, talking about the readathon, what we've covered, what we've read. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who has participated in this readathon. It has been 
so much fun. We really appreciate it. And if you have any suggestions of anything for next year for the readathon, please let us know. But yeah, we had a great time and um, thank you all for joining. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, thank, thank you. Have a wonderful <laughs> day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.